Within our DNA are the remains of thousands, maybe millions, of genetic nomads. They once reigned free through the landscape of our genomes, now most are silenced, still, and unable to move. These are the jumping genes, or transposable elements to give them their proper name. Curious stretches of mobile DNA. Almost 50% of our DNA is made from these remnants. We see them in virtually all organisms, from bacteria, insects and fish, all the way through to us humans. In mammals, the only active jumping genes that we've seen are a type called retrotransposons. These scatter copies of themselves throughout genomes. But now a new DNA sequence for a different type of jumping gene, the first of its time ever to be seen active in a mammal, has been spotted jumping around in the genome of the brown bat. Transposable elements, or TEs, come in two main groups, called the retrotransposons and the DNA transposons. If our genomes were a book, DNA transposons would be like rogue paragraphs, able to leave one page for another to cut and paste themselves elsewhere. The retrotransposons, on the other hand, are able to copy and paste themselves elsewhere, replicating throughout the book. Some, presumably with the help of a virus, have even managed to jump into the books of other species. But they're not just interesting for their novelty value. Retrotransposons, with their ability to copy themselves into other stretches of DNA, seemingly at random, can also cause disease. One such element, called L1, has been spotted jumping into important genes, messing up how they usually work and leading to conditions like haemophilia and colon cancer. The same could be true of DNA transposons. Fortunately though, they can be thwarted. Random mutations in their sequence might be enough to prevent TEs from working, and most species have found other ways of deactivating them. For example, by chemically labelling the DNA such that the cell's protein-making machinery just skips over them, ignoring them completely. Exactly how these defences arose is still not clear, though they are likely an important defence not just against TEs, but also against viruses that incorporate themselves into our DNA, like HIV. Now though, we have the opportunity to see just how an active DNA transposon can affect a mammal, and vice versa, through the brown bat. The discovery was made by a research team led by Professor Nancy Craig of the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. They were looking at an active DNA transposon of insects called piggyback, a name given due to the way that it piggybacks on viruses to move between hosts. The team set up a computer program to trawl through databases of different species' DNA, looking for stretches similar to piggyback. A sequence from the brown bat popped out at the other end as looking suspiciously similar and possibly active. They took a closer look at the sequence and there were no obvious mutations that might stop it from working. This could be the first active DNA transposon ever found in a mammal. But was it really active? To find out, they delved deeper into the bat's DNA sequence, and found around 30 similar copies of this sequence throughout its genome, suggesting that not only was it active, but that it arrived fairly recently. They decided that the sequence needed a name, so due to its similarity to the original piggyback and the fact that it's in a bat, they settled on the puntacular moniker of piggybat. Next up, they needed to see if it was still truly active though. So they extracted the DNA sequence and dropped it into human, bat and yeast cells that they could grow in the lab. Sure enough, they saw evidence of it integrating itself within them, this was a true active DNA transposon. Scientists used to think that the last active DNA transposons to enter the genomes of mammals and stay there were about 40 million years ago. The evidence from the brown bat suggests that there are much more recent events less than a million years ago. And the researchers say in the paper, this discovery, for the first time, opens up an unprecedented opportunity to study the mechanism, regulation, and genomic consequences of a DNA transposon family caught in the midst of invading a mammalian host. TEs are not all bad though. They may be a great force in evolution, depending on how, how well, and where they are copied or inserted. They may cause things like duplications of genes. Now, gene duplications over time can result in all sorts of useful things like colour vision or the development of snake venom. Some of their remnants also appear to have been co-opted or repurposed for important bureaucratic and regulatory roles for other genes, deciding when they're turned on and off, that kind of thing. In the future, TEs may even help us to treat diseases caused by faulty genes, a form of gene therapy. The idea is to insert a copy of the normal gene into the TE DNA, 
let the TE do its thing, and this will then fix the new gene into the patient's genome, curing the disease. Or at least that's the idea. This could do away with the need for using viruses to achieve the same end, which can be pretty problematic and cause all sorts of other problems. But there's still hurdles to overcome with TEs too. For example, how do you get the TE into the cells? How can we stop them inserting into and disrupting a normal gene? And how can we be sure that they'll stop jumping around once it's there? The one thing we can say for sure now, though, is that transposable elements are curious things, and that understanding how they affect us and we them is an important part of unravelling our evolutionary development. And, with any luck, they could even be an important part of our medical futures. I'm Gavin Hubbard. I hope you found this little podcast thing interesting. Um, it's just something I'm sort of trying out now. And if you want me to record any more of my blog posts like this, please do let me know by visiting sciencehub.co.uk and leaving a comment. Cheers.